the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to this week's edition of Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm pumped up already because you guys already, you should already know who's in studio that got me this pumped up already arguing with me about what's happening in Chicago with their so propose or they're, they're planning to do a new foot uh, p- pursuit policy. And it got me fired. It got me so mad because I'm, I'm looking as, as the guest co-host. I got two guest co-hosts today. Um, one this is his first time that the other one is the troublemaker himself, Verlon Galloway. What's going on? You John? know what? I despise you some days <laughs> when you get, I don't know why, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment to, get, to, to call you back in here time and time again. We have to put it on the table. I know. We have to. Verlon. But when was the last time you seen me this pumped up before the show? The last uh, big police shooting. I can't remember which one it is because they put so many out there yeah. before uh, the evidence is, it, yeah. you know, it's concrete. Yeah. So I, I can't think of which one. Okay. But, you know. I, mean, I I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't, I don't know what to say. And I, I'm really excited about the next guest co-host that I'm going to be uh, introducing. Uh, somebody that I, I, I got to know when, my, during my time as a state representative. Uh, Ted Dabrowski, he's now the president of Wirepoints. Uh, if you if you guys haven't gone to Wirepoints and signed up and gotten all, all because I mean the articles that they send out, uh, you want to know what's happening, the nuts and bolts of what's really happening uh, in the state of Illinois, especially the the fiscal, the, just how goofy we are when it comes to fiscal responsibility. Uh, go to Wirepoints.org. Uh, my next guest, Ted Dabrowski. Welcome, welcome to. The studio, but you've been a, a caller on the show a few times. Yeah, no, it's great to be here, and it's great to be here seeing you so fired up. So yeah. Looking uh, forward to the, uh, the hour that I'm here. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't even this animated as a state rep, though. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> but, you know, Ted, I, I really want to start with you because, I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted you to, you to you know, come in here uh, was to talk about what's happening here in the state of Illinois. I think, I mean, I don't think people really understand just how, you know, I, 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 well, let me start here. I saw that there was an article talking about that we're only $3.5 billion with unpaid bills from $17 billion. Um, I think some, that's probably some accounting trickery in there as well. But do people really understand the financial situation that's called Illinois? I don't think people understand it because it's so complex and we're, I think, I hate to use this kind of word, but we're so hoodwinked by our politicians all the time that we can't figure out what goes on. And so people are left frustrated. I, I think people do know that it's really expensive to live in Illinois. They do know that, um, that uh, uh, there's just not enough good-paying jobs. And, um, and what they also know is that we have a really corrupt governments. 
So they know all that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe they can't figure out why it happens, how it happens, but they know something's wrong. And, you know, in the end, in the end, it just shows up with, with our population. Yeah. And, and, it, and, that people leave. And that's, that's what, what are you left to do when you're so frustrated? You just give up. You just leave. Yeah. Speaking of population, what's going on with the census? How did Illinois miraculously find thousands, was it hundreds of thousands of more people? About 225,000 more people. So help me understand this. Are the same people that did the election in 2020 the same people that's doing the census? Because, well, I mean, finding people in the, in, in the wee hours of the night? Well, you know, there's a big push. Governor Pritzker spent about $50 million. He said to himself, we're going to make a huge push. We're going to have an army out there to do a, a count this year. They really did a huge push compared to 2010 for the census count. And so, lo and behold, don't be surprised if we find more people. Uh, and and that's, that's what I think is the driver, although we don't have the data yet to tell us that. Now, we were supposed to lose two seats. We lost one. Are you telling me we got that one back or we still lost the one? We still lost one. Okay. So we still lost one. We're going to lose two, like you said. Like, that's yeah. a, so that's been the good news is that, hey, we actually did okay. Yeah. We only lost one seat, and that, which is actually the really bad Think news. about that. Think about that. You're excited that you only lost one seat. And instead of, instead of trying to figure out how do we not lose any more seats, because, I mean, we were at one point 24, 25, 27, 27, 27 That's at, at a highest point and, and 27. And now we're 27 at, congressmen, 27 correct. delegates. Mm-hmm. And now we have 17. How do, what is why points? What, what, how, how do we educate people to the point where we don't continue to do this? Because, well, and I think a lot of it has to do with public policy. Um, I mean, this whole out migration, people leaving students, not wanting to come back. How do we help? Fix or educate people with this. Well, the problem is, we're, you know, we're having a problem with the facts. You know, and, and, and it's, well, it's on everything Illinois. we talk about. It's po- Illinois, and it's also just policy in general. We don't know the facts. Well, we know the facts, but we, what's being told by our politicians and the, and the, and the media isn't quite true. And I'll, let me give you the example, right? So here we are. We thought we'd lose 250,000 people in, in population. Well, we ended up losing 18,000. Mm. And so Governor Pritzker, you, you have to hear what he's saying. He, and and we lost, instead of losing two delegates, we lost one. So he's out there saying when he's being challenged about our population losses, uh, which were smaller, he says, hang on, guys, let's take a step back for a second and recognize a victory when we see one. Oh, my God. Now, wait a minute. Let, let, me, let me put this in, in perspective. We were only one of three states in the country to shrink. 47 states grew. We shrunk. Um, our, our, our company is shrinking, West Virginia and Mississippi. Right. So so we're in that company. This is a this is an amazing state with amazing yeah. resources. And and the, you know, we haven't lost the, the, the lake as far as I know. We still have we're still the hub of the country for infrastructure. We have great universities. Yeah. Uh, we have all these great things. You know, we don't have a structural problem. What we have is a political problem. Ooh. And when Governor Pritzker says out, says that we had a, a victory because we only lost one delegate and and only shrunk by 18,000, 40, 49th in the country. That's the problem. I'm sorry. These people have taken Frank Luntz's uh, uh, ideology of how to speak to a new level. Whenever you can make what's bad good, it, it, it amazes me. You don't even hear about Frank Luntz anymore, you mean do Frank you? Frank Luntz liberal? Uh, uh, well, he <laughs> who, was always on who, Sean Hannity's who's show. pushing a lot of... A lot of the agenda for Republicans, though? Oh, yeah. yeah. Go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That guy. Yeah. yeah. He knew how. He said, you always have to control the message, the, the word ideology, and you can win the day. You can win over the people. Guess what? Liberals didn't get mad at you. They heard you. They stole what you, what you came up with, and they're using it, 
And that's the perfect that's the perfect uh, uh, scenario right there. What you said, he's the perfect messenger. He whatever's bad is good. I, it's insane. Yeah. It's yeah, insane. Yeah, and it's just not fair, you know, because I think what people need to know, and so now we're back to what people need to know. Um, again, I, I said that we're 49th in the country for population. Uh, we lost. Wow. But what we need to understand is that Indiana grew by 300,000, right? Cold weather Wisconsin grew by 200,000 oh. people. With uh, Minnesota, right? Pretty dead gum cold yeah. up there. They really grew cold. by, by 400,000 people. If, if I have, yeah, 400,000 people, more than the national average of the country. Wow. So where is this thing where we always blame cold weather in Illinois right. for people leaving? So, right. you know, again, we got to get the facts on the table, and I think that's, that's a big part of what we do at WirePoints. Yeah. I think Kristen McCurry wrote an article about that uh, maybe a year ago when she talked about uh, it's not uh, – people are not leaving Illinois because of the cold weather. They're leaving the cold weather because of politics and policy that's being pushed in Illinois. And, and I, when you, I, I remember, I remember Ted, every vote that we would take. We had talking points. If you voted for the bill, you had one set of talking points. If you voted against the bill, you had another set of talking points. That's the problem. That's a problem to me. That's a problem to me that we have two separate on both talking sides. points. On both sides of yeah, the aisle. Yeah, it's and this boring. Ha- this happens to Democrats and Republicans. But that's a problem to me where we have to have talking points based upon the geography and location of where we are, based upon the vote that we just took. How is that not a problem? Yeah, it, it's a problem because it, it forces people to ignore the facts. You've got to speak the talking points. If you don't, you know, you're ticking off one group or the other. And um, this, is, this is why we have such a problem in Illinois, too. And, and well, the talking points actually get mixed up. I, you know, I, I hear some Republicans using the Democrat talking yeah. points. Like, for example, we had a major one say, we can't reform pensions. <laughs> and, and what he said was exactly the words that Governor Pritzker says. Yeah. Both of them are wrong. But, um, you know, just finalizing this population stuff. You know, Governor Pritzker came out and said, well, it's because our university kids are leaving and they're not coming back. Right. And, you know, that was true. But what he left out, you know, he tried to blame it only on that group. We've sliced up the numbers from the um, Internal Revenue Service, which tracks who's moving into Illinois and who's moving out of Illinois. They, right. they know yeah. that by yeah. where people uh, do their taxes. Anyway, when you look at those numbers, we lose in every single income group wow. in the state and we lose in every single uh, age group wow it's everybody it's across the board so again those are the kind of things that that don't don't quite get it right you know when we come back from the break ted i really want to talk about uh the bailout that illinois received and uh i personally this this is one of the reasons why i wanted trump to win because i mean especially getting a bailout and enacting no reforms on how we do government here in the state of illinois uh if we really are want to get serious I voted for that pension bill in 2013, caught a lot of grief for it because it wasn't enough it, to, to the Republicans or some, some of the conservatives. It wasn't enough to the, 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 the union people. I, I betrayed them. But I felt like we had to change the way we do government. You're listening to Black and Right on AM 560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, in studio with Ted Dabrowski, Mr. Public Policy himself and the troublemaker. We'll be right back. Black and Right continues on AM 560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I can't sing, so I better be quiet. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. The troublemaker himself, Verlon Galloway. And Ted, I don't know if I'm liking the Mr. Public Policy, Dabrowski, uh, the nickname yet. What, what, what you got? I like the way this guy, he takes names, he follows the money. Oh, here it he is. knows where the bodies are buried. 
I'm going to call him the body snatcher. Oh, <laughs> Ted. Ted, the Ted the body oh, no, watch the out. <laughs> Uh, but Ted, before we were going, to, I mean, before the break, I mean, the reason why I, I always love having you on is because, and you you always know what you're talking about. You this is you don't just come up and and grab numbers out of the air and, and say, oh well, this is what we think we know. Uh, you do your homework, and you know one of the reasons, as I said before break, one of the reasons why I really wanted Donald Trump to win the presidency because I knew the bailouts were coming for states. I knew it was coming, and I look at. You know, what happened here in our state? I won't tell the numbers. I'll let you go out and tell the numbers, uh, what we got and what does that mean to, as a, I'm looking at the accountability factor and I think this bailout threw that completely out the window. What do you say? Oh, yeah. It, it destroys accountability factor. You know, you know, everybody understands that COVID was a tough time, right? Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Now, now the federal government, of course, threw trillions of dollars. We're talking about trillions. And, um, and, you know, for sure, when you think about some of those families that were, were, were destroyed by it through no choice of their own, yeah. restaurants were shut down. Again, it wasn't their fault. Uh, schools were shut down. So it, it really was painful. But when you think about now, where the economy is finally growing again, we're, we're out of this. We know we're, we got the vaccinations. And we sent $25 billion to Illinois. It's really a bailout where, you know, Illinois has a lot of pre-pandemic problems. Yeah. And yet we're going to get all this money and it's going to kind of cover up the, the real structural problems we have. And, and politicians are going to act like they, they'd solved everything. Yeah. I mean, you said we got $25 billion. That's right. What's the breakup? How's the, how does that break out to the state of Illinois? I'm, I'm sure the city, Chicago, gets a cut. Um, education, CPS gets a cut. How, how does that break out? Yeah, so, so the state will get $7.5 billion. And just put, put that in perspective, we, we spend about $11 billion on pensions. So it's, you know, not a full year's worth of pension costs, but yeah. it's, a, it's a big number. Uh, local governments will get about five billion. Uh, Chicago will get about five billion. Um, you got about another five billion for local uh, for public schools, and then a whole bunch of other money that goes through. So twenty five billion in total. Let me ask you a question. To your knowledge, how has that money been spent statewide, citywide, and countywide? Well, we don't know yet, and and you know the, that money's coming in, and the the governments are talking about it, but you know everybody wants their their hand in the of cookie course. jar, right? And so this is the big issue. How's it going to be spent? And, um, you know, we need it to be spent on paying down debts and things yeah. like that. And I got one more question for you. What's the total debt in Illinois as far as uh, what we owe, all our liabilities? Well, so so Moody's, the rating agency, who who is the one that grades how well Illinois is doing, uh, when you add it all up, just pensions, just pension debts and retirement is $412 billion. Oh, and that's unfunded. Unfunded, right? That's the money that... The, is missing from the pension funds. That's bigger than the official numbers. Oh. But break it down by household, it's almost $90,000 a household. So, you know, if you don't like that, this is why people leave. You can just, if you don't want to pay $90,000 in taxes over the next 20, 30 years for unfunded debts, just leave the state. Oh, you're right. You know, I, I think about when, when, I, when, I, when I was there in the General Assembly, we, we had a budget. I think it was like 30-something, 30-something billion dollars for a budget. But like 10 years prior to that, it was like at 20-something billion dollars Think about that. $21 billion, I think it was at the time. Think about in 10 years, they were able to add $9 billion worth of new spending to the budget. What are your, what are your thoughts about Illinois moving away from this one-year budget system to probably a two- to three-year budget? Will that help? Well, it could help. I mean, there's, there's so many things Illinois needs that, you know, that, that at the margin would help. 
So Texas meets every, you know once every yeah. two years. Mm-hmm. Now what's really cool about that is that you know if they're not sitting around all the time, they'd have they have to focus on what matters. If you only have correct, you know, and, and if you sit around like like we do here in Illinois, they've got so much time. They come up with all these crazy bills of how to spend it and you know how to how to finagle money here and there, and it's it's really confusing. So it would be better, John. Why can't why can't people just keep it simple and say, listen, we got to cut some stuff. You know, I know that's a I know that's a bad word, cut. You know, that's a conservative word. You got to cut some spending. Well, one that Pritzker's used, though. And, and it goes back to what you just said. We got to figure out what matters. Just like well, some of these rule states. Well, you know, I, I, I actually I don't use the word cut because, you know, I, I think you can reform a lot of things. You know, you see it in corporations all the time and, and, well, and in government. You can actually spend money and do it better. Right. You know, like, let's take, let's take all these units of government. We have the most 7, units 000. of government in the country, 7,000. You just took my next question, but go ahead. Well, well, well that's it, you know, like... The duplicate, you know, you have like duplication. Yeah. So when you're cutting, you're not cutting. You're you're actually making it better because you're you're reducing overlap of two governments that are doing the same thing in the same area. Right. Do we really need a mosquito abatement <laughs> to take to take funding from us? Well, let me give you the example where I live. I got uh, the Nutrier High School District has six elementary districts within it. They, they could just be one what they call a unit district. Just have one. Um, superintendent for that. Instead, we have seven, and they yeah. all make you know two hundred fifty thousand, three hundred thousand dollars plus. Why do we need all that duplication? Yeah, I mean the same thing was with. I mean, I I got you know I get la- I got laughed out when I said this, but you know personally, I think township government is one of the most efficient forms of government when it's done right. Um, and I know a lot of people want to get rid of it, but I mean you got the county. <laughs> I remember being a police officer. You have to know the difference between the county roads, the township roads, the state roads. Yeah, it's, 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 when you're out there on the streets, patrolling the streets, you have the county roads, state roads, uh, the township roads, and everybody wants you to write a ticket on their on their specific road because they get a portion of, of that money. Mm-hmm. What is what is reform? What does a reformed Illinois look like? You know, I hear people keep saying reimagine policing, reimagine Chicago, reimagine Illinois. But what is what what is a how do you know when Illinois is making taking the right steps to um, fiscal responsibility and health? Yeah, I, I think that the big thing, two big things, you you cut the massive, the big structural state mandates that force local governments to do things, mm-hmm. and uh, you know one of those is you can't you have to stop mandating pensions on on cities. Uh, right now, there's one size fits all, super expensive pension plan, yeah. and mayors are handcuffed. Everybody's handcuffed. The yeah. school districts are handcuffed. They can't do anything but that. So. Get rid of that. The other thing is you have a one-size-fits-all union uh, uh, collective bargaining laws. They give the unions all the power and the local governments none. And so we've got a situation where, you know, everybody, uh, let's say this way, everything is top-down and nobody can do anything. Unless the legislature changes it, we're all trapped with these costs and we can't change them. Which they won't. I got a simple one for you. How about school lunch programs? You know, I've had, I had little kids. I got two that's about to be grown. When you sign your kid up for school, even though I make enough money to pay for my kids' lunch, dinner, I'm responsible, they still force you to sign up for the school program. And the lady just told me, we get more money for that. Even though you can pay it, you still sign your kid up for it. Or, or they almost wouldn't let my kid in school. They were upset. I was like, I don't need that. But that's a top-down system. So we don't even know how much money those the, the school system get for unnecessary lunches and breakfasts. Yeah, so you're hitting that. It's, it's across the board in any any unit of government we talk about right now. Everybody wants more money. Yeah. And uh, th- you know this is why Illinois is, is so messed up That's because right. there's there's too much union power, there's right. too much political power, 
and it's become a system where the unions and the politicians scratch each other's backs and uh, our costs run up. And that nobody wants to break that. And, uh, you know, they, any reforms would actually break that, and they don't like that. Well, that's one of the reasons why when I was state rep, I took no public sector union's money, none whatsoever. I, I told myself I would not take any of that money. You know, we're going to be talking with um, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robertson from um, North Carolina um, after this next segment. Um, and one of the things that he's really pushing is education. How important is that message, especially when you look at school choice, how important is that to a recovery for, the, for a state like Illinois as well? Yeah, I mean, when you look at uh, what just happened in the last year and, and the unions show their massive power, I, I think there's no no unions in the country that have the power that we do. They closed our schools, you know, wouldn't reopen them. It was a big battle to open them. We see what the curriculum looks like, the, what they're pushing. Uh, it's critical, John, and, and I think what has to happen is we have to have a model where we have to have much more uh, empowerment of parents to choose what they want. The mm-hmm. way it's going right now, it's... Uh, Schools aren't working. You can look at the results, especially CPS. The yeah. results are disastrous, and, yeah. and nobody seems to want to change that. Yeah, and, and it shocks me that n- not enough parents are really understanding and more involved in understanding just how much control they can take back um, as far as when it comes to education. And you just don't see a lot of that engagement like you do in, say, a, a Florida, uh, a Texas. Uh, I've been to both of those places, especially with the uh, Texas Public Policy Foundation. They are doing some things when it comes to education. So is Florida. Yeah, Florida's amazing. Yeah, they just extended some uh, monies, right? Right, for school choice. For school choice. Uh, If if only Illinois would understand the power in allowing the parents and the local people to control education, it would be so much greater. Hey, you're listening to Black and White on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, with The Troublemaker. And what's his nickname? The Body Snatcher. The Body Snatcher. Lieutenant Governor Mark, Mark Robinson up next. We'll be right back. It's this show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer. Nation, we need to wrestle the education system away from these leftists who have turned it into their own personal playground and are using it for political means to vex the minds of our youth. We need to fight it on every front. Our office is currently fighting it from the social studies standards that they have politicized to the indoctrination that we see in our classroom across the state and nation every day. We are not going to lie down and take this anymore. Education is for education, not for indoctrination. We need to make that point clear as conservatives. We need to get involved with our school boards. We need to get involved with our city councils. We need to make sure that the school board meeting on Monday is as packed as the football stadium on Friday night. And if we do that, we can make some real changes in our communities. And that's where it starts. Welcome back to Black and White on AM560 Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Verlon, the troublemaker Galloway. Ted, the analyst, Zabrowski. We're changing his name up a bit here. That fits his profile. But that that voice you heard was none other than, I believe, a a guy who's going to help save America. uh, Because he's relentless. He's factual. He has a lot of wisdom. He's a true American patriot, born and raised in Greensboro. He grew up in an impoverished house as the ninth of ten children. He experienced alcoholism and witnessed domestic abuse firsthand. But Mark was not only able to survive, he thrived. Lieutenant Governor 
Mark Robinson. Welcome back to Black and Right. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me back again. Yeah, and that speech was given at CPAC, and I was there. I wish I had known you were there. I would have gotten up with you. I, I, I didn't know you were coming there. Um, you've, been in a, you've been in the news a lot lately, sir. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, we have. We have. They, yes, sir. The, 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 you, but what I really love about, about your approach to politics and policy is you is is your non you, I mean you you don't care you take it right you take the fight right back to anybody you don't care if they're democrat republican independent where that is such a refreshing way of doing politics where does that what does that come from what how are you able to just say you know what americans need help here i am to give my life back to help america re- 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 rebound well, it, you know, it kind of goes back to the, the thing with the city council speech years ago. I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard that speech. Oh, yeah. But uh, when I said in that speech that I was speaking up for just the average, everyday citizen, law-abiding citizen, that's exactly what I'm doing here. I mean, it, it, you, know, you know, in politics all too often, people they pay attention to the far left, the far right. They pay attention to the, the extremely poor or the extremely rich and the folks in the middle. The ones that are, you know, just the average everyday citizen, they just get left in the dump or they get used as fodder. And they're always the ones that pay the highest cost for everything that happens. They're always the ones. They end up having their taxes raised. They're the ones that end up losing their jobs over these bad programs that we see. Uh, they, they pay the highest cost. And so uh, that's where that comes from. Is you know, I'm in this thing to speak up for the folks in this country who are the law-abiding citizens that make this country go round and round. They make things happen. They get up every morning, go to work, play by the rules. Trying, They're trying to do it right, but by and large are always, just always getting shorted by the system. It's time for us to start standing up for those folks. Sir, how you doing today? My name is Verlon Galloway, and I really want to meet you in person. I'm telling you, that speech was inspiring, and whenever you're ready to run for higher office, I'm behind you 100%. And I'm, I'm gonna yes, tell you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something. I've been listening to all of the news since you spoke. All you know, liberal. Some people can't stomach the CNN. I, I really can't. But I was waiting just to see if they were gonna try to tear you down in some kind of way. They couldn't touch you. Nope. Maybe because they know that you're a mature gentleman. I won't use the word older. <laughs> a mature gentleman that has been there and you know what you're talking about. And you just you, you're the pinnacle of of of. I'm trying to pick the right word for you. You know, uh, you're just a good guy. You're you're a good guy, and and you're what people inspire to be. You know, so I I really want to wish you wish you the best uh, in your well, you. in, in your future endeavors. I sure I certainly appreciate that, and hopefully we can meet at some point in the future. We certainly do. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, this is Ted Dabrowski. Um, you know, we thank you for speaking up because that's that's what it takes right now. Uh, not enough people are speaking up and pushing back. Um, and yes. you certainly are allowed to do that. Uh, what we see in yes. Illinois is people are scared to speak up. And I'd love to, you know, they don't want to get canceled. They don't want to lose their jobs. Um, what, what's your message to, to a place like Illinois where it's not, you know, not as many people speak up. They want to, but they're scared. What's your message to the ordinary, ordinary Illinoisan? Well, see, the thing about it is this. People are afraid to get canceled. They're afraid to lose their job. Uh, but here it is. If we allow this to continue. No matter whether you speak up or you're silent, you're still going to get canceled, <laughs> and you're still probably going to lose your job. 
Yeah. Because we're going to continue to see our our, our cities, uh, our state degenerate under this leftist leadership. We are you are not we are not going to win under socialism. That's true. Bottom line. Hey, Lieutenant we're Governor, we're not going to win. Lieutenant Governor, I have you for one more segment. When we come back from the break, I want to talk about you know the Georgia election law. And also, some of the stuff that happened to you, I saw an elephant with a clan's hood on. Um, yes. Just terrible. You're listening to Black and Right yes. on AM560 Answer. We'll be right back. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker and the analyst. I like those. I like the troublemaker and the analyst. Uh, before the break, we were talking to Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson of, of North Carolina. Uh, he's been on this show, actually, right when it first started. Um, and I'm, I'm always welcome to have my friend, uh, Lieutenant Governor. Welcome back to Black and Right. Yep. Good to be here. And you know, you know, I, I've been watching. I've really been watching you. I, I saw the disappointing news. Yes, I'm going to say disappointing news that you're not going to run for the U.S. Senate seat in North Carolina, uh, because I love I love the fact that you're lieutenant governor. But I really believe you have national prowess on you, sir. Um, well. Just because because I know where your heart is. I know I know and I know who's behind you. And you have a, an amazing wife. Tell her I said happy birthday as well. I know it's belated, but. Happy birthday! Thank you. Um, I saw a, 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 a cartoon or whatever you want to call it, and it had an elephant in a class because something that you're trying to do in education. Please enlighten the, uh, my audience on and what transpired with this incident. Well, see, uh, the school board uh, was having a uh, discussion about uh, the social state standards uh, that we would use to set the curriculums for uh, for you know for our schools and. Um, the, 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 the language in the standards are very divisive, uh, full of a lot of leftist dogma, and the Republican and conservative members of the board were diametrically opposed to it. We spoke out about it vehemently, and this newspaper decided they were going to draw, depict all of us as Klansmen. Yeah. With a black <laughs> man leading the charge. With a black man yeah, leading the charge. Actually, a black, a black man and a Native American woman whose parents actually fought the Klan in gun battles in her hometown. Wow. Yes, yeah. they depicted us as, as Klansmen because we were diametrically opposed to uh. the standards. Now, I just yeah. went on record and said I didn't see anything uh, uh, that was going to tear you down or, <laughs> or come your way at all. And then John shows me this, this cartoon of an elephant and a Klansman. You know, when will people wake up and realize they're the racist? Yeah. It's not us. Yeah, Uncle Tim. They're Uncle the racist. Uncle That's Tim, look what they did! Look what they did to Tim Scott—a totally nice hey. guy. You know, I, right, I, I don't, I don't understand how black people and 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 it seems like a majority of Illinois. I don't know what the demographic is down there, but mo, yep. I'm gonna keep it with black people. A lot of black people buy into this nonsense. Uh, how, how do we stop? How do we change the message and get them to buy into reality? What we're trying to sell. Well, the number one thing I think we need to do is we need to start telling the story of why we're really Republicans. And we're really Republicans because the Republicans are the stand up for true liberty and true freedom and always have. 1914, 15th Amendment, 19th Amendment, repudiation of Jim Crow. We need to learn to tell our story. That's number one. And number two, we need to highlight these things that go on. I'll tell you this story real quick. 
Right here in North Carolina, this past Monday, we had our state of the state address. Our Democrat Governor Roy Cooper gave that address. During his speech, he talked about how North Carolina is systematic as systemic racism, Ugh. and how black people are afraid to walk down the street without being without being shot by a police officer. But he did not acknowledge the first black lieutenant governor of the state wow. sitting right behind him. Wow. Sit, sitting right behind him. And did not even shake my hand when he left the podium. Now he shook the speaker's hand, shook the, uh, the Senate uh, President Pro Tem's hand, did not even acknowledge me. So that tells you what uh, what they think. The, the President Pro Tem, uh, Senator Berger put it best. He said, uh, that proves, uh, the fact that I'm Lieutenant Governor proves how far North Carolina has come. come. On. But the fact that Roy Cooper didn't acknowledge me shows how far Democrats have to go. That's it. Hey, Lieutenant Governor, in Illinois, we uh, just recently passed uh, new rules that, that make uh, teacher curriculum, uh, the education for, for, for teachers, include critical race theory and, and uh, a lot of that, a lot of the language you mentioned. And it was, it was sad. We saw a lot of people stand up against it, but, uh, but the rules committee passed it anyway. Um, but at the same time, we saw in Florida... Governor DeSantis say he was not going to have critical race theory be part of any part of his of his curriculum. So how's it going there in North Carolina? How's that how's that debate going? And I, of course, I see the the cartoon and it tells me everything I need to know. But uh, how'd you guys end up? Well, the, the standards did pass, and critical race theory is being pushed in our education wow. system. But we are pushing back. And I'm I, I'm going to mention this because the individual who drew that cartoon. He is actually a middle school uh, teacher here in North Carolina. Oh, oh wow! So that tells you a little bit about what we're up against. But uh, we have people on all fronts fighting against this critical race theory stuff. And I've been telling people flat out that if your school won't purge itself of this stuff, pull your kids out of school if you can. Yeah. If, if the school system is not going to police itself and get rid of this racist garbage that's going on then the, the parents are going to have to do it themselves, and those that can are going to have to start pulling their children out, and those that can are going to have to continue to, to fight against this stuff. We have yeah. got to Come get on. our public education back to a place where it needs to be in this country. And, and, and it shouldn't be in these indoctrination camps. Lieutenant Governor, we got, we got about a, a minute and 30 seconds. I want to play this audio clip from when you had spent your time in Congress. I think this was probably one of the best speeches I've ever heard anybody say to a congressman. And it seemed like you, you, you made a lot of people upset with this. And here it is, Lieutenant Governor in Congress. What we want is integrity. We, we don't want power. We want integrity. We want the right thing to be done. We want to encourage citizens to be responsible. We want to have the best election system in the world. In the world. Third world countries, places like India where the poverty rate is staggering. They have to show that finger when they go vote. It's time that we modernize our election system in this country and stop playing all these silly games based on race. And please, stop Best using right me here. as a black man as Best your pawn. And yes, I said it, to push your agenda. I'm sick of it. Lieutenant Governor, I think that is, the, that is, the, that is how we change the system. What are, you, what are your thoughts, yes. especially in, in black America and, and Latino America? What's your thoughts? I, I've said this several times. Black people need to start looking for truth in the pit that they're voting for. It's not there. Yeah. Democrats have never done anything positive for black people in this country. Yeah. Never. That's it. And we need to look for a different way. We need to understand who it is we're voting for and why and start voting for our values and voting for what's best for us. Yeah. It's not happening right now, and I think we need to change that. 
Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, you run for governor in North Carolina. I am moving to, to North Carolina. My wife is ready to move. I am moving, and I, everything that I have, my every resource, as you know, I'm a former state rep here in Illinois. I will do everything that I can to make you the governor or, or the next senator from North Carolina. Deal? Deal? Did we lose him? Yes. Oh, I got you. I right. got you. Yes, Thank sir. you so much for Absolutely. joining the show, sir. I really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Uh, you're listening to Black and White on AM560 The Answer. Lieutenant Mark Robinson, go follow him on all his social media pages. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with... The troublemaker himself, Verlon Galloway, and Ted, I think the analyst, um, Dabrowski, the accountant. Ooh. Oh, that's, that, now, now that's getting scary now. <laughs> <laughs> Dabrowski. Because I'm not one. <laughs> but but, but you, you make people accountable. There you go. You know, I think, I think everything that you do, you force people to be accountable in government. And I, I, we, we, need a, we need a million Ted Dabrowskis here in Illinois because you're somebody, and I don't say that, you know, you, you know me, I've never been a fluffer. But but I but I when I give somebody a compliment, it's, it's be, I mean it because I've seen your work. Um, whenever I needed some work, I would call any when you were Illinois policy. Uh, I'd be I'd call. Hey, look, this is what they're saying. What are you guys saying? I would always call Illinois policy to figure out the other side of the issue. Um, so I've always appreciated your work. Um, you're not somebody that's going to lie. <laughs> you may not like your opinion, but. You're not going to lie. You're going to give the facts, the raw, unadulterated truth to people. And that's what I respect about it. Well, you, I, pr- I appreciate that. You know, I think this, you know, the arguments are getting so, so vile now from both yeah. sides. Right? You, you, I understand people can't figure out what's going on. And yeah. so I'm hoping at some point that facts and data are going to become more, more cool because uh, right now people just throw away the facts. We need right. them because they help us make the decisions. That's, that's a hard lift. I got to be the one to say it because it Democrats are offering all of these handouts and people are, they're succumbing to, uh, let daddy take care of me. You know, let government take care of me. And, 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 you know, integrity and self-responsibility cost. You know, uh, a friend of mine tells me that all the time. It it costs more to have values. That's that's what I'm trying to you know, get it's, to. It's hard work, right? It's hard work but, to but, have but, it, but it may have a cost, but it certainly, I think, pays off a yeah. lot in the future, right, as long as you do it well. Well, I got a question for you. If you were the yes, average sir. person, because I think you're above average. You're, you're better <laughs> than the average person. But if you're the average person working every day and um, they tell you, listen, I, the one employer tells you I had this $30,000 job for you. And then the government tells you, well, I'll give you 60000 just to sit on your couch and pop popcorn and watch your favorite TV shows. Which one would you take? Well, yeah, I know which one I'd take. I'd take the 30000 because, you know, the 60000 it might sound good, but, you know, you don't become – people need meaning in their lives. And when you're sitting around watching TV and getting free money, you're not going to have meaning. And at some point, it's going to work against you. You've got to have that, that meaning, that, that drive, and, and, and a reason for living. And that's, I think, what, what really people, you know, want. And, Ted, how, how does Wirepoint become that go-to – uh, place for people to get that data and data, whatever, you, whichever side of the tracks you're from. Yeah. Um, but but how does Wirepoint play into that conversation? Hence, from, from now to, into the future. Yeah, you know, you know, our our goal is to get more and more of that information out there. Make the arguments. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of rhetoric out there. A lot of we're putting out the data. We're trying to you know, we infuse it in our pieces. We're going to provide more and more of that 
we want you know everybody in Illinois to have what what's valuable to them. And so at wirepoints.org, we're doing that through our social media, you know, at wirepoints, and uh, of course on our website, yeah. wirepoints.org. Well, Ted Dabrowski, thanks so much for joining. I wish you could stay the second hour. Oh, I appreciate it. Next time. Next time, I, I really want to get into the numbers of the crime and everything that's happening in not just Illinois, but America. Uh, Ted Dabrowski, tell Cody I said thank you for, for making this right. happen. Uh, hey, hour two up next. Don't miss out. The Troublemaker and I are going to go at it. We'll be right back. To have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Black and Right Radio on AM 560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with Verlon, the troublemaker, Galloway. If you missed that first hour, go to 560theanswer.com, click on the uh, Black and Right podcast, download the podcast, and you can catch up on any and all past episodes as well. Follow. Hey, guess what, guys? We're also live on YouTube. If you're listening right now, if you're at home or you're by your on, with your cell phone, wherever you're at, if you can access YouTube, Black and Right Radio, hit the subscribe button, hit the little belly thing, and subscribe and follow all of the videos that go live on on YouTube. Look at you, man. You're rocking over there like a little <laughs> with that nervous tick. You're ready to go over there. I'm ready. You? I'm ready. Um, I really, I really, I'm really grateful for Ted Dabrowski. He's, I mean, he's really, really a, a, a good guy. And I'm so happy that my friend, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robertson joined us. If you missed that interview, you got to go download the podcast, 560 Answer. I can't wait to meet him com. in person. Yeah, he's, I, he's, I really can't. He's an amazing guy, dude. I want to shake his hand. He is. Yeah. So, well, Chicago. I have to start out, first off, by calling out two guys, my favorite two adversaries, Philip from Blue Island and Sean from Crown Point. I, you I, gonna really, get them to call I, I want them to call uh, because I want to see if they agree all right, with Lori Lightfoot. 312-642-5600. That's 312-642-5600. Here we go. I want to see if they agree with the mayor's new uh, non-pursuit uh, it's legislation because it's it's not... It's not law yet, but uh, or, or what, what would they call it if you're a police officer? It's not your, your uh, standing order or yeah, uh, whatever what, policy. What, policy. What, policy. policy. What you would have to what you would have to go by. Okay, the new foot pursuit legislation is proposal proposal not legislation. Yeah, they're, they're they're putting it together. They're right putting now. it all together. But I know about five issues from it oh, so far. Geez. The first one is don't pursue in a residential area. Now, the first thing that comes to my mind is that's where the crime happens in the residential area. Number two. Wait, wait. Can we can we can we can we can we go back and forth on each one? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go, go back. And let's forth. go back and forth on it. So it says no more foot pursuits. Is that daytime, nighttime? Uh, I, I, I see you, you're going too far. Oh, I got okay, I got to get to that one. I got to get to that one. Okay, okay, okay. But okay, how many shootings happen in residential areas in Chicago and most inner cities? How many? The, well, how many? About four thousand. No, what I'm saying is, there's they happen. The majority no, of the shootings every weekend, every weekend are in residential areas. In residential areas. So if if the cop rolls up on somebody and they they're shooting, they can't pursue them. I guess you're gonna have to have, um, have judgment on pursuing them to a point where as though you just gotta let them run. That's what it all gets down to. Just let them run. Now the second one is 
school zones. No, no shooting in school zones. I can kind of understand that because that's where kids are. Uh, okay. The third one is no parks. You can't pursue in parks either because I guess that's where people con- congregate. Okay. And then the fourth one is light of day. Oh, boy. So, so you know what that stems from? If Toledo. it was Toledo, if it was light outside, you would have saw that that was a 13 year old kid. No, you wouldn't. Okay. You, wouldn't. I mean, you talked about yeah. that. How? how? The, the, the dude was what? Five, what? Seven, five, eight? It was a big guy. Yeah. So how, how would you say he was? Maybe you would have saw his face and saw he was a younger. He was running. Yeah. He was pursuing. Hello? Foot pursuit, meaning I'm trying to I'm rationalize. After this person, I can't see this person, and they just shot. Or they have a weapon on them. Yeah, I'm trying to rationalize the thought of a liberal. It's hard. It's very hard. And the last one is, and I really do not understand what this means. Maybe somebody can tell me what this means. Don't pursue on uneasy ground. What does that even mean? Hey, if any of my cop guys are listening, your your CPD, uh, I won't call your names out. But, hey, send me a, we're friends, so send me a, a Facebook message. What is it called again? Uneasy ground? Or oh, 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 the policy? The policy. Uh, the foot pursuit policy. But on, on uneasy ground? On uneasy ground. I don't know what that one is. That, Does that's that the mean one. like if it's snowing out, if it's... Maybe so. I, I don't know. I mean... Or raining. If it's raining, yeah, it's something ice like on the that. Floor. See, we're rationalizing. How do you rationalize with, with progressives? So, if they're out there shooting... Dude, this... The, <sighs> What America are we in? What 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 America are we in? Twilight I zone. feel like this is what I really feel like, and I don't care who I don't care who gets mad at this. I feel like we have made the criminal the hero, and the and the hero who are the cops the criminals. What 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 sane world? We got somebody on the phone. Somebody oh, calling you, in. You put you. I, I, I don't. I don't have oh, my screen. I, I hate it from you. I don't have my screen. Yeah. Um. I, I see. I see DJ Pete on on the phone, so that means somebody either Phil or or what's the other Sean? Sean from yeah. Crown Point. Um, I just, I don't I don't I can't fashion my mind around. So what I've been doing on the on the Facebook uh, on my on Black and Right Facebook, if you haven't followed, go follow Black and Right Radio on on Facebook. I've been showing different policing issues, shootings, cops helping people, uh, cops responding to a guy a wellness check on a bus and and i think it was appleby wisconsin somewhere in wisconsin the black guy um he had a gun on him beware of the talkers i always tell people i had a I had a trainer in in in, in um uh, police academy I always tell me police training institute in champagne shout out to them um beware of the talkers people that are talking they're deflecting they're trying to they're trying to they're trying to distract you with their words this guy was, God, oh, I don't want to do that. He almost died. He was on the, on the bus, heroin overdose, basically. Mm. They put Narcan on him, woke him right up, because that stuff works. And he got off the bus, and they were trying to get him to you know, get back on the, um, to go to the, get into the ambulance. But before you, go in, you get into the ambulance, you, ha- or you have to be patted down. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to shoot or stick one of the EMTs. So they finally was like, nah. Dude backed up, pulled out his weapon, pulled out his weapon, oh. backed up, racked, shot. He killed a fireman. Oh no! He killed a fireman. Oh! And this was just a wellness check. So I've been highlighting a lot of these things on my radio show. I mean, on, on the Facebook page, because I don't really think people really get or understand the nastiness of of policing. It's ugly. 
Mm-hmm. It's not going to be. Let's go to the phone line. Let's see who this is. Terry, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, uh, wouldn't uh, eliminating police foot chases allow the perpetrator to run off and commit another crime? That's my thought. Yeah, exactly it would. And, and especially if they're running away with a weapon. Let's say they're running away and they run right into somebody who's a security guard. May not even be a cop and he shoots the security guard because he thinks the security guard was one of the CPDs or anything. They don't know. Bad guys don't know the difference between badges. Or, take a, or take a hostage. Yeah. You're right, though, Terry. You're so right. Thanks so much for calling. She's right. You continue to you continue it. Or, t- what? or take know. a hostage. But their their uh, rationale out is he runs away, he calms down, you catch him later. He runs. See, <laughs> he calms down. He calms down. Oh, he calms down. Or he's less of a threat to the public. If 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 he knows nobody's pursuing. Okay, see, I hate when people use that type of vernacular because here's the deal: if he was a threat to the public at one point, he's 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 still he or she is still a threat to the public. Yeah. Again, untrained people who don't understand policing are trying to dictate what policing should be. You know that? Wait, where's that article? Did you did you take that article? No, from I gave me? it back to you. My buddy Jim Glennon, former police officer, he wrote a letter. He wrote an article uh, on Calibri Press. It says, shoot her in the leg, use karate, fire a warning shot. I told you, I want to I I end the show. Jim, I want you to hold on. I'll take you on after the break. But I want to finish this because this, this is what people don't understand about policing. The number of factors officers need to consider in these situations when they're in a high situation, no matter what it is. They get a call. They get to the scene. Have no clue because dispatch doesn't always, sorry dispatchers, they don't always have all the information. The number of factors officers need to consider in these situations, you got me pumped. And the most pressurized, time-compressed circumstances known to man incidentally can be mind-numbing. Such things as this. When an officer arrives on scene, this is everything that has to go in their mind. This is everything they're thinking when they arrive on the scene. And they have to do this in milliseconds. The level and immediacy of threat. To whom is there a threat? How many people? Is there a need for force? What is the appropriate level of force? What is the degree of suspect compliance? which we know nobody's complying today, bystanders, backdrop, setting, legal parameters, realistic possibility of de-escalation. How much time do I have to act? What is the speed of human movement in this moment? What is the level of danger posed by a variety of weapons? All, I repeat, all, all of the above need to be taken into account and often in the literal blinking of eye, a blink of an eye in milliseconds. So when cops arrive on the scene, they have milliseconds to make decisions. But everybody else gets months and years to come in and, and attack what a cop had milliseconds to make a decision in that they get to, to take months and, and also get legal experts to give their opinions. And then they try to run with those opinions as though, as though they're theirs. Right. Valon, you got me too pumped up today. I got to calm down. I got to go calm down. <laughs> you listening to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Milan, the troublemaker Galloway is at it again. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker. I don't even have to say his name. I'm just calling you the trouble. I'm not going to even say your name anymore. All right, no the problem. That's right. <laughs> Promote it. You know, um, during the first hour, we were talking with Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. You know, he told a story about not getting the handshake. Uh, David from Facebook says, 
if North Carolina had a Republican governor and a Democratic lieutenant governor, and the governor didn't acknowledge the first black lieutenant governor in that situation, the leftists and snowflakes would be crying and asking him, asking for him to be kicked out of office. Where's the lie? There's no lie. Where's the lie? There's I didn't even hear about it. Did you hear about that? No. Normally, if that if, if the roles were reversed, we would have heard about that, right? Right. Yeah, okay. Um, let's go to Michael from the South Side. Michael, welcome to Black and Right. Hey. Hey, guys. Uh, long-time listener. Thank you. Uh, first-time caller. Love oh, the show. Thank you so much. And we... And we've uh, and John and I we've uh, we've communicated on uh, Facebook a few times as well. Oh, nice. Uh, two comments Go I'd ahead. like to make uh, about the public not misunderstanding police work. We I was once on a bus. A cop came on, got on the bus, South South Mount CTA bus to do a well-being check on a passenger. The passenger was sleeping, and so the the cop used his leg to kind of gently nudge the passenger's leg to try to wake him up. Uh-huh. And some person on the bus started screaming hysterically about the cop allegedly kicking the passenger. Oh, God. That happened. And the obvious reason. Yeah, and and we, we both know the reason why the cop did that was out of a sense of caution because he didn't know how the passenger was going to react. Right. What the was other second point? point uh, the other point I'd like to make is uh, I, I feel like we cannot um, overlook the role that the media plays. Yes. Uh, particularly the news media plays in the public perception of police work. I agree. Because yeah. you, yeah, you simply don't get the the sort of balanced coverage of police work that I think the public needs. Um, I, I could tell you, I was once a security guard at a Walgreens in the Pilsen neighborhood uh-huh. uh, like 10 years ago. And I, I got to know some of the cops, and one of them told me about how cops are routinely attacked by the general, by, by perpetrators, yeah. but none of that coverage ever gets in the no, none of that coverage ever gets in the media. So the only the only information that, that a lot of people in the public get is the uh, you know stories about the cops allegedly being abusive toward citizens. And when in reality, I mean, these cops are hit, you know, spat upon, attacked on a regular basis. P- pee bottles thrown at them, um, hot bags of of, of um, manure. Oh. Um, I mean, yeah, because because the way the media fashions it, the only interaction that black, that cops have with black people is just through shooting. That's yeah. it. No that's other it. interactions. Right. No other positive interactions. Uh, that's why I love seeing it when they do it on Facebook. Hey, Michael, thanks so much for calling. Thanks so much for being a listener. Appreciate it. You know, uh oh, this for you, Verlon. All right, Miss V. v. <laughs> Welcome to Black and Right. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> Good. How are you doing? I'm all right. You think Chicago PD is corrupt or Chicago? I think, well, you know, we have been named the most corrupt city in the country. So there you go. Yeah. I didn't know that. I I can see it. Wow. I definitely can see it. So what what, 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 what was the um, point you wanted to make? Well, here's what bugs me. Brown Emanuel puts Lori Life, he put her on the police review board. Yep. Then all of a sudden she becomes mayor. Hmm. Number one, I think that stinks. <laughs> and um, you know, if if there wasn't voter fraud in Chicago for a hundred years, I really believe that Willie Doctor Willie Wilson would have been mayor. That's for Lance. That, that's my guy. Me and John was just <laughs> you were mind reader. We were just talking about that. <laughs> Were you? Yeah, we just yes, talked we about were. that in the break room. Yeah. 
I love, I really like him. Yeah. And I, I knew him before. I mean, I don't know him personally. Yeah. But because I used to turn on Sensation in the morning. Oh yeah, every Saturday morning okay. we that that was what we watched. You know, Miss V. Hey. You know, you know the problem that he had. He didn't speak eloquently, just like our president Donald Trump didn't speak eloquently, and people yeah, pay attention to words. Matter. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That, that's terrible. Yeah. That's the truth. That's terrible because it's not how you say it; it's it's what you do. That's, that's right. Well, that's that's what it used to be about. Um, not anymore. Miss V, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for calling into the show. Really appreciate you. Well, I'm not done. Oh, go oh, ahead, Miss V. Oh. <laughs> Put that me in my done. place. Last time I got off too fast because <laughs> I was nervous. Go ahead, Miss V. But, uh, see, the other thing that bugs me is the school. Uh-huh. Because I know that a couple of years ago, Pritzker took off, um, he eliminated the basic school's Basic skills test mm. for education. Yeah. For hiring yeah. teachers. Yeah. So if the teachers don't know what they're doing, how are they supposed to teach the kids? Ouch. Mm. So that's number one. Uh-huh. We number get, two, there are some good Chicago teachers, though. There are some good ones. I have to admit there's that. some Democrat in Illinois. I don't know if she's proposing a bill or what, but her name is Camille Lilly. And they want um, sex education introduced in kindergarten. Yeah, I heard yeah, about I heard that. The, I, heard I heard about, about that, that bill. Yeah. I, I, if I was still there, I'd vote against it. I'd definitely I vote against don't that. Like that. See, you know, just hold on. You know what, Miss yeah. V? I'm gonna do you one better. What? I will accept that as long as they kept it between a man and a woman. They, they're they're oh. doing in kindergarten LGBTQ plus training. You're trying to get in trouble. Well, that's right. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get that guy to call from, call in, from huh? Elk, Elk Grove Village. I think yeah. his name is Greg or something. I forgot it. Frank. Yeah, I could do you one better. So why would a kid, kindergarten kindergartner need to know about that? Right, Miss V, we got to go. Miss V, Miss V, we got to go. Thanks so much for calling in. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, you, you know, hey, so you know, even with this whole foot pursuit policy, though. So I guess now you can go and rob a store, take $1,000 out, and if a Chicago cop or if they see you, there's no pursuit, right? No pursuit. $1,000 <laughs> right? isn't enough. Right. Because a thousand, I mean, you can, you can take up to $1,000 of yeah. retail theft now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You yeah. can take, you take that's a misdemeanor now. Uh, to hell with the business owner. Well, yeah, of course. Welcome to Illinois. Uh, ben, oh, I like this. Ben, hey. welcome to Black and Right. I like your question. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, John and Volan, let's just think of this one down here in Racine. Right now they're debating on how the social workers are going to handle it with the regular police down here. And, they're, you know, do you send the social worker in first? And then she's going to try and de-escalate a family trouble? Good luck. They, 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 that's the that's the uh, start of trying to defund the police. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Now listen, me and John had the debate. I think that was, this was a month it. ago. Now, now listen. Mm-hmm. He brought up a certain scenario. Mm-hmm. We got to keep it scenario mm-hmm. to scenario. Go I remember ahead. you went on record and said uh, a traffic stop is one of the worst situations uh, to happen between a police officer and an interaction with a person. I believe a domestic 
incident I, I said is, the, is worse. I, said I think that's the worst, and I would not suggest a social worker to go into the middle of a domestic incident because I've seen how fast it can jump off between a man, a woman, and a police officer. Negative. No way. Keep them out. Keep them out of that. Keep them out, keep them out of period of policing unless you want to hire yeah. them as cops. That's how yeah, I feel about it. You, listen, the thing is right now, that's a big debate because now the police are telling me down there, I have good contact with the local police and they're telling me, you know, Ben, I don't know what the hell we're supposed to do. If we're supposed to send her in first, say you got a family trouble, like you said, first, and she's going to go in there with two women. They're fighting. Okay. And the next thing you know it, and if a woman goes in there, they might get mad because you send a woman in there because she might say the wrong thing. And then the cop has to told me, he said, I have to worry about protecting her as well. And then in certain situations, do we let her carry a gun or a right. taser? Right. Oh, boy, I'll tell you, you guys, man, it's a hot bed down here. I'll tell oh, you that. Illinois, I mean, everybody copies off Illinois, New York, and California. So, hey, Ben, thanks so much for your call. I really appreciate it. Uh, but dude, he's, he's, he's right. Yeah. And that's why I say no social workers at all. Dude, because... I don't listen, man. Listen, I don't care when you have a criminal. When somebody has has in them, has made it in their mind that they're going to commit some type of criminal act, there's no way of talking them down. I was one of the greatest talkers when it came to dealing with people, and yet I still had to put hands on people yeah. and handcuff people. Yeah, I agree. I, I was I was I was a conversationalist as a cop, and sometimes it's much to the chagrin of of some of my sergeants. But I always like to talk. But sometimes there's you can't talk to people. They're irrational. Right. They're they're doped up. They're just out of their minds. The woman just cheated on them? Yeah. John Cass coming up next. Don't miss it. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with The Troublemaker. Uh, before we go to John Cass, I want to take the clear the phone lines. Jim from South Elgin, welcome. Hey, gents, how you doing? What's doing going on, well? Jim? How you feeling? Good, good. Two of my favorite guys. <laughs> I, uh, I, I happened to uh, go to a couple of political events over the weekend, and one of them, uh, Paul Schimpf is running for uh, governor, and he had a fellow that spoke there, and he was talking about the police crime bill that was just passed and how by 2025 it's going to make uh, – uh, you know, basically cash bail, you know, thing of the past, unless it's murder. It's going to eliminate a lot of the discretion that judges have. But he also pointed out about this fact called qualified immunity, which was in the bill and it was stripped out. Yeah. Well, they're, they were gloating, he said, these people in Congress in the, the Illinois Assembly, the Democrats that promote crime. Basically, this is the first step, and we'll try it again. Now, I want people out in the radio land to understand what qualified immunity means. Oh, yeah. You take that away from police officers. It's going to be very bad. And for these same hypocrites, if they want to take away, take away QI from police officers, yep. we should also take it away from judges, judges everybody. politicians that cause people, like the people of sanctuary cities, yep. somebody murders somebody because they're here and they shouldn't be, yep. then let them be responsible for the crimes of other people. Jim, you, you, just that's true. solid. Man. I yes, mean, sir. I've been fighting to keep QI for policing ever since I arrived in the General Assembly because— uh, you take it away, I'm telling you, it is going to open up 
everything for, uh, against an officer. I mean, you sneeze wrong on somebody, they're going to sue the officer. Remember that song? With, yeah. uh, Thanks Pub- so much for right. Remember that song with Public Enemy? 911 is a joke? Yeah. And, and it took a long time for the police to show up? Yeah. That's what's going to happen. I, it, it's, it's going to be in, insane what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm so happy to have our next guest on. Uh, we had a conversation yesterday on the phone. Some of the stuff we won't, we won't dare repeat. <laughs> I got a nickname for him, too. I don't know if he's going to like it. We'll see. He's never had a nickname. Uh, I'm going to give him a nickname. Uh-oh. Hey, he's on the Black and Right show. <laughs> you know, uh, he can kind of sort of pass for, you know, black. He's a little dark. Hey, them Greeks, them <laughs> Greeks are kind of dark. Uh, he's, he, he, he writes for the Tribune. Uh, everybody knows him. Because you know why everybody knows him? Because he reveals everything that happens in this city. Mm. I want to welcome the Black and Right, John the Revealer Cast. Oh, there you go. This was better than the uh, Fishport nickname I got fishing a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take it. Good morning, good afternoon, gentlemen, and hello to uh, AM five sixty and the WIMB audience. Yeah, I mean you're you're no, you, I mean everybody knows you here. You you, you fill in uh, Dan and Amy in the morning. Um, you used to also fill in when Dan had his um his syndicated show here as well. So everybody knows who's John Cass. Hey. Always wanted to sit in with you, man. Well, let's do it. Let's make it happen. You, I think we're doing it now, dude. No, no in the studio. Coming in the studio and let's do it. There. But you know, John. I mean, every time I, this is this the first thing I want to know. How does John Cass come up with the titles of his articles? Because I every time I'm watching, <laughs> every time I, I go to your page. I get the alerts when your articles come. And I just want to know how you come up with your your articles because, you know, I, I, the one I love the most right now, how to protect life from controversy, disarm them, disarm police, give them whistles, and call them bobbies. How do you come up with these, sir? Uh, that was, I don't know, I don't know, but that was, basically I'm just trying to tell people who might read it what it was about, right? Yeah. Um we, we have uh, I have really good editors at the Tribune. They're good copy editors there, and and sometimes I can't make up, you know, I can't get a title, <laughs> and sometimes you know I just can't do it. I, I don't know what's the title of this. What am I writing about it? And sometimes it just snaps to me like, um, you know, uh, the inconvenient truth from uh, Superintendent Brown or yeah. uh, the race. Uh, what was it about Tim Scott? On the wings of the leftist trolls, right? See, I know the article. See that I read them. There you go. <laughs> but but John, you've been around. You've been around the city of Chicago. You've been around the state of Illinois. You've been around this country for quite some time. Uh, Born here. Yeah, you. Born yeah. Southside. What have you? I mean, what is going on in Chicago and in the state of Illinois when you look at what's happening, and specifically to our police? Have you ever seen it this bad, John? No. I've never seen it this bad. I've never seen a mayor who I support and still want to support because um, I think when a mayor does well, the city does well, and I care about the city. Yeah. But uh, she started off fighting a two-front war. She rolled over to the teachers' union thinking they were going to help her, and then she picked fights with the coppers, and I told her, you got two groups. One wants you to support them, and the other doesn't care. Right. And you know, but she doesn't listen. John. And then, John. Yes, I'm sorry. Th- I'm sorry. Th- this is Verlon. 
Uh, I, I don't know if hey, you remember. How's it going? I don't know if you remember me or not. I used to call your show back in the day. You know I'm going to start a little trouble with you <laughs> like I used to. Back back when me and Sean used to shoot across the bow with each other. I got, time, one, I got one quick question for you. You might have to answer it after the break. Are you ready to admit that Uh-oh. this mayor is a complete failure? Now, you can answer it after the break. There's only a few seconds Wait, left. Yes or no? Yes or no? Oh, okay, and yes then, or no? Okay, yes or no? Answer. Yes or no? Uh-oh. That's, you tease it into the next segment. <laughs> that's awesome radio. <laughs> oh, hey, you listening to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with Verlon, the trees making trouble right now with John Cass, uh, the maker. Uh, God, I can't stand you. <laughs> we'll be right back with more John Cass. We now return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Black and Right. We're back, and I, the question's still on the table to John Cass. Is Lori Lightfoot a complete failure? We need a yes and no answer until your composed answer comes out later. <laughs> so I've got a, you're just, you're playing like the left wing, like all my choices. Oh, <laughs> You're playing that same game. You know, you're like, you're going to define the, the the question. You're going to set up a parenthesis in which I can't, I, I have to answer your way. And I'm not going to answer your way. Oh, oh God. Look, look, okay. You read the column. I've said she's a bit of failure. She lost the city. She, um, she could have stopped. Uh, what, how many waves of looting did we have? Oh my God. Downtown? Yeah. When all those, when all those, uh, Chardonnay, Antifa, Suburban <laughs> Equifa. We call them Equifa here. Condos. John, we what? call them Equifa here. They, we don't give them their real name. They're Equifa. 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 Yeah. Because <laughs> there's nothing like white liberals telling black people how to live. That's, that's it. Right. You know, that's the best, especially when they got a lot of money. But, uh,. Well, I accept, know, has, I, I, she, I accept. I accept your composed answer. Well, Ryan, look, she, look, she's had. She. she made dismal failures. Um, I told you at the start, she, I don't know why she wanted to pick a fight with the cops. And then the CPU rolled her, yeah. rolled her. Um, but I, I'm hoping she could straighten it out. And, you know, I, I'm probably going to write next week. If there's something, if there's one thing that's going to make me vote for her, um, it's that Louis Gutierrez might be running for um, mayor. Uh oh! And if oh. if I got if I got that little pit squeak uh, running, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just heard Gutierrez you know? talking on the radio earlier today. He's up in arms about the um, the 13 year old boy that got killed. He said the, the the police was all the way in the wrong. So yeah, he's going to piss a lot of people. Well, he's going he's going to piss off the police right off the bat. Yeah, he's trying to he's trying to you know he's trying to set a marker down. Yeah. Um, interestingly I- enough, interestingly enough, guys. He took. Uh, he disappeared from view just about the time Danny Solis yeah. was found to be yeah. on a wire talking about how he liked Asian girls at the massage parlors. Yep. <laughs> so I don't know what what is what has driven him back into the public life, but who I, knows? I, I think Alderman Lopez is also going to throw his name in that ring. I mean, because I mean, he's making all the moves to say, "Hey, I'm running for mayor." What are your thoughts on on Alderman Lopez? I think uh, you know he's been criticized for not being. Uh, you know, super well-educated. He didn't go to, like, some fancy 
you know, schools. My kind of but he people. does have, but you know what? He does have common sense. And one of the common sense things he did was in his neighborhood, and I've been there and I've seen it, after a kid got, uh, you know, iced right there on the street, he went out and confronted uh, the gangs by himself. He didn't wait for TV cameras to come with him. And uh, I give him a lot of props. Well, they, they, they've been tearing him down this week, and they say he hates himself. He's a person that hates his own identity. That's what they say about us, too. And that's <laughs> what they say about us, too. But, um, John, how much common sense can he really have if he supports the police, which he does? Right. You know? And, but, but, and, see, and, the thing, you, you probably don't know this because you're probably both radicalized yourself. <laughs> so let me explain it to you. See, um, media in general is woke. And it's not any fault. It's just the way it is, you know. The people that got into it see and uh, think in terms of critical race theory and yeah. equity rather than what yeah. we were taught, equality of opportunity and all that stuff. Right. So that's kind of, I think, may color their judgment. Yeah. But I, I find it odd because every time I've been only covering this city for, what, 600,000 bleeping years? Yeah. I mean, you and know, you're... every time I go back to the my first homicide, Arlene Gutierrez, 16, 99, 16 South Ewing Avenue. Wow. And all the other ones since then. And I've never found people in what we would consider rough neighborhoods telling me they don't want police. Correct. Well, I'm gonna I, only, take... I only hear that. I only hear that from political people. The well, woke white liberals. Actors. The woke white liberals. Let me let me tell you but something. Not only not only woke white liberals also. You know, um, activists, political activists, people that use terms like Latinx. Yeah. yeah. Nobody talks like that. Yeah. Nobody, but let me tell you, let, talks, let me tell you something. people of color? Does anybody say no, that in no, real life? No. no. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, John. You're going to tell John Cass Yes, I'm going to tell you John. You think you're going to tell John I'm Cass I'm going to tell this okay, smart guy something. <laughs> John, yeah, me, r- right now, I just don't see anybody. She's vulnerable right now, but I don't see anybody... Yeah. That can get on the ticket to knock her off. Kurt Summers. Kurt Summers. Okay. Well, right now you're gonna have Gutierrez throwing his hat in and and Lopez. I'm gonna throw a name at you. Uh oh. And I'm gonna see if you think this guy could knock her off for mayor. Because if I talk to him, if I get another chance to talk to him, I'm gonna ask him to throw his hat in or see what he thinks about it. Blago, because I can't oh. say his name. Rob B. I'm gonna call him Rob B. I like Rob Blagojevich, B. Man. You can say his name. I can't. I'm not as well-spoken as you. Blago, <laughs> what do you think about that? I don't know. Can you hold office after yeah. you've been uh, convicted as a felon? Yeah, in the city, in the city president, and uh, I think uh, you, can't county, a, you can't be a Dodge County County board president, but he can't run for governor, like yeah. statewide. Maybe a senator or governor. He can't run for those. If you want a, if you want a circus act, you know, fine. Blago would be a great circus act, and it would get the it would reporters, you know, media would love it. I'd love it because you know he, yeah. he's good to say something stupid every twenty seconds and he opens his mouth. <laughs> but uh, but you know what I, I'm seeing? I, I look at a guy like Paul Vallis. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He was out there, but then the, the white guys played that daily game. Yep, and and cut him out. Hey John, uh, we're out of time. So if you want to stick around uh, for the last segment, you can. You got time? I don't, yeah, I don't want to invite myself into your, you know, <laughs> no, front room. No, stick around, yeah. stick around. You're listening to Black and White on AM560 The Answer. We'll be back. Black and Right continues on AM560. 
Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker himself, and he's causing John Cass all type of troubles. Uh, before the break, we were talking with uh, Trip. I don't, John, I don't know if you're, you're on the editorial board. Uh, he, he writes yes. columns for the Chicago Tribune. Uh, John, when you look at, at journalism today, where did it go wrong in the sense of, of, of getting to the truth I, I say this every time, anytime I, I talk to somebody that's in media, uh, I think so many times in the rush to be first, they can care less about being right. How do we fix that in journalism in, in, in today's age? Interestingly, you, you bring this up because that's the subject of uh, my podcast, The Chicago Way, uh, which you can, you know, people can get on their phones free. We talked to Charles plug it. Pl- pl- Go ahead and plug it. Plug, plug your um, podcast. It's uh, The Chicago Way. I host it with Jeff Carlin, one of the best producers in Chicago. And our guest is Charles Lipson, professor of the University of Chicago. He's been he's writing some great stuff. And we talked about the, the lack of context in media, and how, which got me in trouble with a bunch of uh, <laughs> uh, some colleagues and some uh, liberal trolls. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the thing is, there was a headline right after the, <coughs> pardon me, after the Chauvin verdict. Yeah. The Associated Press had a headline. And the headline was, uh, after Chauvin verdict, police kill six across America. Wow. And what is that? Okay. Oh, what does that tell the reader? That the cops were so pissed off that they went out and murdered six people because they were ma- angry that uh, Chauvin was uh, found guilty. Correct. Now, I, I thought he was guilty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind. It was, to me, it was murder. Yeah. But I don't think, but see, when you say um, police go out and kill six people and leave it in the people's mind, you know, that, that it was a re, like revenge killings. Yeah. When we have yep. so many, so much, our country split up and people are, you know, Split up over race. Well, it's almost as stupid as telling people, uh, telling, uh, saying little girls should have night bites and leave them alone. Don't don't let the cops. Oh, well, well, John, right? John, yeah, that's so true. John, I does I don't think that America has the appetite for shows like Crossfire and center talk, center from the right, center from the left. We have this woke media that's in your face. We're going to destroy you. We're going to tear down America. My only question is. Is it a conscious effort from people like a Lori Lightfoot that you might think is, has more common sense? Or is it an unconscious effort from people like a Lori Lightfoot that want to tear down this country? And you have 40 seconds to answer that, John. I, don't, I think politicians do what politicians do. They always do. And what I'm asking people to, to uh, when they read or see a program, you got to think, if you're a conservative, you have to think of it on the conservative side, too. Yep. Don't just blame uh, the liberals. I agree. What What is the story? What is the agenda? Why are they telling me this? What are they not telling me? Because because the right gets uh, manipulated just as easily as so the left. And I, and I want people, particularly conservatives, to uh, grow a pair of brains and, <laughs> and, don't, and, and not be manipulated by either side. Yeah. 
that voice you just heard is John Cass, American columnist and member of the Chicago Tribune editorial board. Thanks so much for joining Black and Right. I got to get you in studio sitting across from me next time. Let's do that, okay? As long as Berlin is there and uh, we can talk about how Greek people became white. Let's do it. All right. Thanks for putting up with me today. <laughs> Thanks right. so much, John Cass. Thank you so much. Hey, um, I want to thank, Marlon, thanks so much for coming in. Anytime. I want to thank Lieutenant Governor for North Carolina, Ted Dabrowski, who was in here for the first hour. Um, we had one more guest. Uh, what was the other? That was it. That was it. Yeah, that was it. We had, we, had uh, we had a good show. Yeah. Hey, don't miss next week. Go download the podcast, 560theabster.com. We'll be seeing you next week.